This is The Legal Impact, a podcast presented by the University of New Hampshire Franklin Pierce School of Law. Now accepting applications for JD and graduate programs. Learn more and apply at law.unh.edu. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or hosts and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire and UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead, and today I'm joined by Professor Buzz Schur, Director of the International Criminal Law and Justice Program. Learn more about that program at law.unh.edu slash ICLJ. Welcome back to the show. Great to be back. All right, so here we're going to open up a huge can of worms and talk about a uh, former president that's been indicted in New York, and it is, there's just so much to it. Like, I, I don't even know where to begin with the Donald Trump indictment because it is, it's a federal crime, but it's being done at the state level is it the federal crime is it campaign yeah, finance it's not issues? as confusing okay break yeah, it down just, for me buzz yeah you're just uh you're just over confusing it so to speak so there's three layers to it it is not a crime to have an affair with a porn star number one it is not a crime to cover up an affair with a porn star both of those we're pretty certain happened right mm-hmm. Yes. If there may be two people in the world who believe he actually didn't have an affair with the porn star when his wife was pregnant with their son. But putting that aside, so not a crime to have an affair with a porn star, not a crime to cover up an affair with a porn star. But then the next layer gets more complicated. It depends on how you cover it up. So... If you falsify business records in order to cover it up, for example, call the hush money legal expenses, that's a misdemeanor in New York State. And falsifying business records is a very, very, very common misdemeanor when uh, the Manhattan district attorney is going after uh, white collar people. Um, it, it that's the you know it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like getting uh, Al Capone on tax fraud. You know, you yeah. go after him on falsifying business records. Layer number four: if you falsify your business records in order that either you don't get caught playing games with the tax code in New York State, if you do that, so you don't get caught playing games with the tax code by virtue of the way you paid the hush money, that's a felony. Falsifying a business record usually is a misdemeanor in New York. If you do it with the intent to commit a fraud, to defraud, it's a felony. That's one of the set of charges against felony charges against him. And what would be would that fraud be? Would it be related to the fact he's running for president? No, 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 no. That fraud, the tax code fraud is it's the he played he and Michael Cohen played games with he gave he repaid Michael Cohen extra money in order to cover Michael Cohen for having to put down the 130,000 hush money on his taxes because mm-hmm. uh, he got it from him. So that's a tax code violation. That's a crime. Um, monkeying around in the way they were with covering up using uh a, a gimmick, uh, an illegal tax approach to uh, to cover up um, the uh, the hush money. So that's one set of felonies. The other set of felonies is 
um, falsifying business records so it uh, the the money does not appear as if it needs to be reported to either state election authorities or federal election authorities. Because if you had to report that money as paid to uh, Stormy Daniels, uh, that could have, it could be discovered by intrepid reporters like you, right? Uh, And that was his whole goal here. Uh, was so it couldn't be discovered by intrepid reporters, and so the uh, the the there's a state election law violation there uh, when you are uh, you know this looks like a contribution to uh, an in kind contribution. It, he's helping his election campaign by paying this hush money. Is basically how it comes out. And that can be a the non-reporting of that. There, that is, he's helping his election campaign by covering this up by paying this hush money, and part of that is by the start of that train is falsifying the business record in order to cover up uh, what is actually counts as a contribution under this New York state tax code, uh, under New York state election code and the federal election code. Um, so that's the sum of it. You know, it, this isn't about hush money to, it's not having, it's not about having an affair with Stormy Daniels. It's not about hush paying hush money. It's the stupid way he did it. But uh, you and I, speaking for you in this case, uh, AJ, you and I know whether it's the games he played with val- valuing his property high to show he has a lot of assets, valuing it low so he doesn't have to pay much money on taxes, you know, that game. Um, yeah. Yeah, Donald Trump and Michael Cohen are, are, no, are not naive to the legal system and how it works in the state of New York. No, so, you know, this... Not that this kind of uh, evidence, you know, what he does elsewhere, the games he plays elsewhere, but this is completely consistent with how he's made his way through the business world for the last 30 or 40 years, however long it's been. Um, it's uh, so, you know, uh, so that's the basic lay of the land. It's uh, the New York's, uh, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office has charged felony falsifying business records many times where the intent to defraud piece, you know, there's two parts to it, the falsifying the business records and the intent to defraud. Um, They've done it with all sorts of different claims of intent to defraud. Um, What's interesting about it and what has confused some people is at the federal level, intent to defraud is interpreted very narrowly and only means intent to defraud for financial or pecuniary gain, just very limited in that way. And so some of the commentators who've been talking about this case said, well, it's really a risk going for the felony and the intent to defraud defraud piece uh, because there's no pecuniary gain or financial gain really from it. Um, That's not how courts in New York have interpreted 
intent to defraud in this context. There's a there's a lot of case law out there that intent to defraud can be a lot of different things, including tax fraud, including election shenanigans. So um, in that sense, I think it's overstating it to uh, to say that the making these business record falsifying business record charges felonies is a reach. It really isn't a reach. Uh, you know, we'll see whether they have proof problems. You know, we'll see. You know, it's an interesting question whether, uh, you know, he's not charging Trump in a formal New York state indictment with violating federal election law. He's just making that an attendant circumstance to the state law violation of business uh, of falsifying business records. Um, so that, that the piece about federal elections, there might be some shenanigans uh, on that in that area. And the judge might not buy it. You know, some people say it feels wrong that New York state can charge him with a federal crime. Yeah. That's really, that really stood out too. Like, yeah, is- instinctively it doesn't sound right, but they're not really charging him with a federal crime. They need to show that he had intent to defraud, uh, but it's not an independent crime. Yeah, and the felonies are also important with regards to everything because of the statute of limitations in New York, too, correct? Yeah, um, that's um, that can be an issue, too. Um, but, you know, the, the, the state election law, and the uh, state election law intent to defraud claims, the uh, tax state tax fraud claims, uh, those are unremarkable ways to use felony falsifying business records. Now, what, is, what, in your opinion, is the chance that this actually gets sorted out, A, before the next election, and B, I mean, maybe short term, whether honestly it ends up happening in, the, I think they're predicting like December or something like that, possibly going to court. I mean, well, the, way, the way Trump and Cohen, especially over decades, have really done, I don't want to say a fantastic job, but an efficient job, maybe, at making sure things keep getting pushed back on and on. And he wants this to happen either closer yeah, to the call. Yeah, I wouldn't call it an effect, an efficient job, an effective job at mm. postponing, postponing, postponing. The problem he's running into is starting to run into is he's not as in control. Now that he's been indicted, he's not as in control of his life as he used to be when he was just playing the game in the media and, and, and postponing things. And he's not as in control he was in civil cases where he had a lot more control over scheduling. He's got a judge who has asked them already when they want to go to trial. The uh, Trump people, one side said, uh, I think the prosecutor said January of 24, and Trump said April of 24. Um, you know, the judge... It wouldn't be unusual, particularly since uh, the judge is fully aware of Trump's behavior. The judge could just say, we're going to trial this October. File all your motions by this deadline. You know, file all the motions you ever want to file in this case by July 1st. We'll spend the, spend the month of July having hearings on your blizzard of motions, of which it, there will be. And then we'll go to trial in October. Get ready. 
are, are judges elected in this jurisdiction in New York? I mean, yes. this is something that's definitely to be considered with regards to maybe the leaning of how how quickly the judge may want to make it happen and maybe how um, what direction the, the yeah, case I think might it's go. fair to say uh, uh, Manhattan judge. Uh, if one believes that their political leanings uh, will will be predictive of how they'll manage the case, which is an open question, but um, uh, you know, ain't no in in Manhattan where this was charged. Ain't no Republican judges in Manhattan. Exactly, and and, and I mean, ultimately, it, like, do we know if this this will be jury at this point? Yes, unless so- he waives a jury, but. Uh, uh, no way in expletive deleted, he'll waive a jury. Yeah, he'll want that chance, especially in Manhattan. Once again, he's going to want that chance that maybe someone gets convinced on the jury. He's trying to get a change of venue to uh, Staten Island. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. It'd be so or if sense. I were him, I'd, I'd look for Long Island, too. But, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's really not a, it's a kind of BS motion because it's, it, it, you know, the argument for a change of venue is publicity. He's not going to win for two reasons. One, it's not like the publicity among Staten Island jurors is any less. They're not less subjected to Trump publicity, negative or otherwise, than Manhattan or Long Island ones, number one. Number two, you know, the the, the, the lead case in this area federally, although it's not in federal court, but, you know, the U.S. Supreme Court has said no problem in the marathon bombing case of having a change of not granting the judge not granting a change of venue away from the jurisdiction that was locked down for three days while they looked for the marathon bombers. Right. The, the district federal district court judge there didn't change the venue, even in that circumstance. And some of the people on the jury had been locked down. Uh, federal uh, the Supreme Court said, not a problem. So it's he's not going to win, you know. But that's just one of a, a bazillion blizzard of motions he's going to file. Hey, what about this? The amount of time it's taken to bring this to to indictment at this point. I mean, there, there's nature that the election's coming up. I'm not giving my political opinion one way or another on it, but this has been considerable amount of conjecture that this is very politically motivated and that this uh, prosecutor with the funding of the where where his campaign came from and things like that is has been brought into question considerably. Yeah, uh, let me address several of those things. Yeah. I think a, a, a PAC that got $5,000 from George Soros, the bugaboo of all far-right people. I don't know why, but, you know, um, uh, got the pact that got $5,000 from him and that raised, you know, millions of dollars for Alvin Bragg's election campaign. Um, That's the argument, the political contribution. I mean, I think, you know, that's BS that that argument there's really nothing there but it's 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 a good uh it's a good for those who are uh of the faith the trump faith it, you know it, it 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 makes them feel good about that uh number two um you know there's two sides to it took a long time mm-hmm. um you know 
one side is the prosecutor wanted to be immensely careful to make sure there really was solid charges here before they brought uh, an indictment. Um, you know, any good prosecutor would do that. Uh, you know, I, I, I like I, a lot it, of this came down to to Michael Cohen. Uh, did he confess? I can't remember exactly what. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. He 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 testified in front of the grand jury in this case. Uh, he's going to be one of their main witnesses. Um, so, but they needed to develop more evidence than just Michael Cohen. You know, they don't want to go to, you know, they don't want to go to trial with Michael Cohen. As he's not exactly the most there. reliable narrator. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> the, the, the irony of what Trump is saying, he's not a reliable narrator is, why is he not a reliable narrator? Because he got lied trying to protect you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of ironic, but, um. The other piece of it is, you know, people in New York, in Manhattan, get indicted in a heartbeat. You know, poor schlumps like you and me, if we were to commit a crime in Manhattan, they'd bring a cop in front of the grand jury and you wouldn't believe how fast you'd get indicted. So, you know, in spite of his pissing and moaning publicly uh, about the unfairness of it all, Boy, he sure got a very big bite of the due process apple in terms of them being very careful before uh, before they indicted him. You know, that's the advantage of being rich and famous and having lawyers. They're very careful before they indict you. So that's, you know, that's actually a much more logical interpretation of the delay in time. Um, so, um you know, and that stuff, you know, there's nothing. That's a that's a, a, a optics issue. It's not. Uh, that's not going to affect the uh, the trial. Not going to affect whether these charges stick or not. You know, from now on, it's going to be a bunch of legal motions, um, and uh, you know, there'll be tons of them. Um, and it the most interesting part of this is going to be watching how much the judge takes control of things and keeps moving things along or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know? th if this it's going to probably, especially with, with both the prosecutor and, and the defense in the situation, they're They're going to try and put as many motions and uh, information as they possibly can. And the judge is going to want to push this along very quickly, if at all possible. So answer this question for me, AJ. Is it to Trump's advantage if this case is being tried in uh, the summer of 2024 as the uh, assuming he's he's the Republican nominee? Is it to his advantage just being tried in the summer of 2024 or the fall of 2024? Or is it not to his advantage? I think 538 did an amazing write up on this that I've referenced on previous other things and it, it did a great job check definitely check that out it's the the re it definitely could go either way it's like if it's closer i mean ultimately if you're talking politically it, it it's martyrdom it, it, and he can say like look at what they're trying to do to me when they lead up to the election if they do it too early it's definitely going to hurt him because then all the pr goes away too quickly and it won't matter and who yeah but the yeah the end goes out the interesting question, though, in terms of martyrdom, you know, I, I think you and I would probably agree that 
a Trump Biden rematch, the winner is going to get more of the suburban moderates than the loser. Yeah. Now, I don't think martyrdom gets any of the suburban, you know, moderate conservatives or moderate liberals. Uh, that's kind of my political read. Now, I've not made a ton of money as a political prognosticator, but, you know, you know, if the if the if the election turns out to be about, you know, suburban women um, who voted in larger numbers the first time around for Trump than in the uh, uh, 2020 election, um, I uh, I think, you know, I, I think the trial, whenever it happens, is going to draw the faithful. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I think the general reaction to, you know, that middle that matters is going to be, we're so sick of this guy. And that doesn't help him whenever the trial occurs. Yeah. And all the polls show that that's for sure. And then also add in the fact he's also being, there's also investigations in other States like Georgia with regards to uh, the, the vote that happened down there. Yeah. I mean, that's a put aside the, the documents thing, which is a, a, a pretty strong case. Uh, but it's a kind of it feels like a more tangential, you know, kind of Al Capone tax fraud. Um, uh, the January 6th one, which is a behemoth. Um, but the the Georgia ones, you know, boy, that phone call is a killer phone call. Yeah. Um, it, and it, we, there's a conservative um legal pundit josh hammer it doesn't matter your political opinions but either way he outright says like that the georgia thing is the one to really watch i mean he it sure looks like he orchestrated a conspiracy he had giuliani doing this he had lindsey graham doing that he had a bunch of other people developing replacement electors i mean none of that look looks good whatsoever uh for him um um so yeah i think the the, excuse me the georgia um the georgia situation's a real danger for him and you know i wouldn't be surprised if those indictments come down in may or june yeah we'll be definitely following that here on the legal impact because how could we not it's fascinating from a legal perspective of former president being indicted and there will be much more news along this over the next several months if not the next year and a half so oh uh, the next three years oh yeah three years definitely this will get dragged out for for all these different suits so we're about out of time unfortunately professor buzzsher thanks so much for joining me my pleasure aj Thanks for listening to The Legal Impact, presented by UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. To for a word about the show, please be sure to subscribe and comment on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Get the back episodes of the show and podcast links at law.unh.edu slash podcast.